Hey, today's going to be really good, you guys. You know, the Lord. Anytime he shares anything, even if it's strong, you feel his love. That's how you can tell sometimes if it's the, a wrong spirit. It's like even in correction, you still have faith. It's like faith comes by hearing. Even correction word and hearing by the word of God. And so the Lord's got some good things for us. But how many of you realize that we're at the end of all time? The end of all things is at hand. Jesus is about ready to come back. The devil's really scared. He's on an all-out assault mission to stop the church, to stop anything that's good, to damn as many people as he can. And we just need to be aware of some things. Because if if these aren't the last days, there won't be any. I like to look at it this way. Peter said the beginning of the last days was 2,000 years ago. So we must be in the end of the last days. And we are. You can tell the signs of the times. They're everywhere. You can tell Jesus is about ready to get off the throne and to get back to the earth and to catch his church away. And so I want to I just say a couple things today. We're going to read a couple of passages of scriptures that we've hardly ever read in church out of the New Testament. But I believe it's time to do it. And it's going to be a little sobering, maybe for some of you a lot sobering. But it's in the New Testament. It's written to believers. And there's some issues. There's, there's some actual problems in the church that have to be addressed. And if pastors don't address these problems, people are going to keep unintentionally slipping deeper into some of these things that the Lord said we're supposed to be separate from. And uh, I, I was last night I was praying. <clears throat> I scratched down a few notes here. There's some problems in the church. And I'm not just saying here, but in the church in general that I believe if you'll receive this, you'll be able to take this out where I'm not going to be able to go, in your orbit of life. People that I won't ever be around like you are and influence like you can influence. So this can't just stop here. This does have to get out, but I just felt like we weren't supposed to do it through media today. It needs to get out there through us. Not just relying on the preacher. Oh, he's on TV. I can. No, we all need to be thinking about who, as well as ourselves, might need to hear these things. There's some things that have to be addressed, and I'm just going to mention some problems I I notice in the church today. There's a drinking problem in the church today. There's an alcohol problem in the church today. There's a problem in the church today of believers having no reverence and no fear of speaking evil of leaders. Big problem, and it's it's very serious. If you read the book of Exodus, it did not go well with Miriam and Aaron for speaking against their leader. Um, there's some extreme grace teachings in the church today. Extreme. There's some good grace teachings. But there are some extreme grace teachings in the church that are really hurting people. And they have to be corrected. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an acceptance. Now I'm going to call it what the Bible calls it. There's an acceptance of sodomy in the church. I don't know how sodomy went from sodomy to homosexual to gay to alternative lifestyle. But its original word is sodomy. I know a lot of people don't like that. But you have to watch out about thinking that you love people because you accept everything they say they want. God is love and He does not accept Everybody's flaky behavior. Right. And he is love. He is ultimate love. Right. Are you listening? You can love people 
and not agree with their beliefs and not agree with their lifestyles. As a matter of fact, if you really love the Lord, you will love what He loves and hate what He hates. Hmm? We're in the last days. And I'm, I'm concerned that there's some believers slipping into perdition. Oh, it's once saved, always saved. No, it is not. Read the book of Jude, which we're going to read the whole thing this morning. And read 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read that whole chapter. Both of those are written to believers warning them that what happened to some other people who were destroyed can happen to believers under grace. It can happen. They're not scriptures you, you like to read every day, obviously. It was not scriptures. I mean, when's the last time I preached on this? But there are some vitamins and there are some things that we're deficient in sometimes and we have to bring that forth at times. We have to. We, it's the Bible. We can't just read scriptures that make us feel wonderful. We've got to read scriptures that show us the truth, even if it hurts. Because there's a lot at stake here. I might share it later, but Brother Hagen talks about a woman in the church, thoroughly born again, Filled with the Holy Ghost. Hmm? Uh, operating in some of the gifts of the Spirit. A preacher's wife. She sang beautifully. She was very beautiful physically. Who yielded to the devil over a period of time. Actually what it was, I'll go ahead and share a little bit of it, is Brother Hagen had a vision. And the Lord narrated this vision personally to him while he saw what was going on in this woman's life. He saw this woman, a pastor's wife, very beautiful to look on, and she turned to glass in the vision, and so he could see right through her. But he said a demon came one day and said to her, You are beautiful. You've been robbed in life. You've never done everything you wanted to do. And she recognized it was a demon and said, I resist this in Jesus' name, and it left her. But after a period of time, he saw the vision. The, the same demon came back and said the exact same words and said, You're beautiful. You're so talented. You know, you've been robbed in life. You could have done so much in the world, but here you are in a pastor's wife and dealing with problems in the church and people problems. And, and just, she said, I resist that. She recognized it was the devil and it left her. And the devil came back at a time later and said, oh, honey, see, the devil will come to you with sweetness. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Absalom... Are you kidding? He's, he's, he's out there before the courtyard, you know, his father's king, but he wants to be king. And all these people are coming up to Absalom. And Absalom said, oh, come to me. And he started hugging them and kissing them and, and, and stealing their hearts right. from King David. It's an Absalom spirit. It appears to be sweet, but it's ugly. It's dark. It has nothing but men's persons in, it, in, in, persons in admiration in it for their advantage. That's all it is. It's a lie. Anyway, so he's watching, and she turns to glass, and the same demon comes back after a time and says, You're beautiful. You've been robbed in life. You could be famous. 
and she started to entertain. She stopped resisting. And Brother Hagen said a black dot appeared in her head. Because remember, she's turned to glass. And the Lord said, now she's obsessed with that kind of thinking. And right now, it's not too late. She could rise up and resist, and that oppression can leave her. But she didn't. She kept entertaining it, kept entertaining it. This is a believer, tasted of the powers of the world to come, filled with the Spirit, yielding to something she knew she wasn't supposed to yield to. And he said, he said, she began to go off into sin, living with all kinds of different men, divorced her husband. And the Lord said, she can still come back. And I'd still, he said, he said, I'd forgive her if she'd been with a hundred men. But hear what the Lord said. But he said, she got to the place where she didn't want me anymore. And I had to let her go. And she drew back into perdition. And she died and went to hell. That's serious stuff. And sometimes we need to hear things like that. Because sin is still bad stuff, guys. It's still out to kill you. You know, the more I read through the New Testament, the more I read... Realize one thing that the modern day church is lacking that they had is a willingness to suffer like they had for the Lord. Not sickness, not disease, but doing the will of God when you don't want to. Resist. Jesus suffered being tempted. How many know it hurts to say no to temptation? Friend, and primarily today, I'm not talking to people that are struggling and hate sin and want to be free and oh, they can't believe them. I'm talking to people that if you've accepted sin, As an okay thing, you need to strongly reconsider and repent. Yeah, but ever since I've given in, I feel like I'm free. Free in what part? Free in the flesh? Free in your emotions? I'd rather be suffering in those areas all my life and make it to heaven than to feel wonderful in this vapor and die and go to hell. Wouldn't you? If it's one saved, always saved, why did Jude write to the church and tell them all the things he said? If it's once saved, always saved, why did Paul say you could be cut off? Beware. In the book of Romans, chapter 9 and 11. If, you, if it's once saved, always saved, why did the Bible say, don't draw back to perdition, believer? Right. If, if it's once saved, always saved, why would the Lord tell or why would Paul tell a guy in the church, I had to deliver you unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh so your spirit would be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus? That's strong stuff. Paul had to deal with all kinds of situations where people were blaspheming and he knew if they keep going down that road, DEFCON 5 or whatever has got to come on the scene, you know? I mean, God's so wonderful. He'll, he'll give you His Word like a sermon today. He'll give you His Word. You know, wanting you to, to change. But if that don't work, there's other levels. He'll expose something in your life that you thought was never going to be exposed. If that don't work, He may have to allow some things to happen that He don't want to happen. In other words, in other words, He may have to let 
the door you're opening to the enemy not be blocked from access anymore. That's way different than the Lord sending something. If you're calling for something, and you keep calling for it, and you keep calling for it, and you keep calling for it, He may say, okay. Yeah. I'm going to let that come. That's not the Lord sending it. And so turn to 2 Peter. Now, there's a couple more things I didn't mention that I think the church needs to address. And and here's another one. You ready, guys? There's a problem in the church. It's too much world is in the church. Too much world. Too many movies. Too much natural stuff. Even if it's not terrible and bad, it's killing our time. When we should be at Wednesday night prayer meeting. And I want to I want to inject this right here. Don't start reading Second Peter yet. Um, but let me let me just inject this right here. There are forces arrayed against our president that if they overcome him, it's our fault. And Jesus told Brother Hagen in a vision was a prophet of God, said to Brother Hagen, he said. I'm going to hold Christians responsible for Watergate. And I'm going to hold Christians responsible for other things if they don't pray for their leaders. Because I didn't say in 2 Chronicles 7.14 if the leaders humble themselves and pray. He said, if my people humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And the the Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, he said, I'm going to hold Christians responsible for what happens in their countries more than the politicians. And he said this, quote, he said, many of the people you tell this to in the church will laugh. But Jesus said, they won't laugh when they're standing before me in the judgment. I'm holding them responsible. I'm holding them responsible. Did you, do do y'all realize you don't have to have much spiritual maturity in this. Y'all realize that our president is under demonic attack? And a lot of people like in Paul's day are yielding to demons and throwing blasphemies. Do you know the scripture says that you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people? That's a very important statement. One time, Paul was slapped and punched when he was before some ungodly leaders in his day. And uh, he kind of said, you whitewashed wall. And the guy standing next to the, the high priest said, you revile God's high priest. And Paul said, I didn't know. I didn't know. For it is written, you should not speak evil of the ruler of your people. Paul basically apologized for saying, why did you punch me? And that was a wicked ruler. But nevertheless, it was a ruler of the people. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to vote for them. But you can't just blab blasphemies at leadership and get away with it. It's wrong. If all the Christians who call themselves Christians would pray for President Trump instead of talk bad about him, your president cannot do any more for you than the level you respect the office he's in. That's why some people are getting greatly blessed in these last two years and some people are feeling like they're in hell on earth. Well, it's not because we're in some utopia. It's because we've learned to respect leadership and now that anointing can get to us and help us and we don't cut ourselves off by being complaining and talking bad. Pastor, do you agree with everything President Donald Trump is doing? Maybe not. 
But what does that have to do with doing what the Lord told me to do? He said, pray. We prayed for Democrat presidents. We prayed for Republican presidents. We pray for who's ever in office, whether we voted for him or not. You know why? Because we love the Lord. And he's our king, our ultimate king. And there's a lot of that's going on in the church and it needs to stop. A lot of fornication in the church. It's not okay. It's a sign those people don't know the Lord. I'm going to talk about that because that is the answer, knowing God more. There's divorces happening in the church for unscriptural reasons. You know what the Bible says to married couples and people that have disagreements and problems, you know, year after year? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, why don't you take the wrong? Because I don't want to. Paul said, why don't you do it? Why don't you take the wrong? Going to court and... He's telling believers, there's utterly a fault among you. Why don't you take the wrong? How many think we could handle some disagreements and some not-so-nice things? And Now, you know, adultery and physical abuse, that's, of course, get out! But if it's just years of not getting your way, how about just hang in there a few more clicks? <laughs> right? And see this to the end. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. I believe that's one of the reasons he's having me and many others teach on these things right now. 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Peter says to the church, everybody, he's talking to believers here. He says, but there were false prophets also among the people, talking about the Old Testament, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now church, listen before we read on. The denying the Lord that bought them, the same phrase is used in the book of Jude. Exactly the same. Jude said the same thing, denying the only Lord. I looked the word deny up. I knew it meant more than just, oh, get away from me. I don't want to be saved anymore. You know what the word deny means? It simply means to contradict Jesus and his teachings. Wow. Oh, it's Jesus. That was under the law. That was, that's, he, he, he was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you're forsaking a ton of blessings by saying all that Jesus did was for Israel only. That's a deception. And that's denying. That's contradicting what the Lord said. Because he talked a lot about everybody, not just the lost sheep of the house. A lot of what, hey, if, all, if, if what Jesus said was for the house of Israel only, guess what? We can't be born again. If all Jesus taught was just for Israel only, then we can't use Mark eleven twenty four in prayer. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. A lot of what Jesus said was universal for the church, for, for, for everybody. Some things were specifically for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but a lot of what Jesus said was for everybody. And to say that it wasn't is to deny Him. To contradict His teachings. It's to contradict what He's sound teachings that we need to hear as believers today. You have to have enough sense to know when he's talking to Israel only 
And when he's talking to the church and Israel, and when he's talking to the church only, and when he's talking to the Gentiles, the non-saved people. God sees three categories of people on the earth. He sees the Jews, he sees the Gentiles, and he sees the church. The book of Hebrews says that. He sees three, three or Corinthians says he sees three groups of people. Do y'all remember a couple years ago we taught on the wonderful, awful last days? Right. What do you mean? Wonderful if you're a believer. Yeah. Not so wonderful. I will go ahead and say it. Awful if you are not a believer. There's two different things that happen in the end times to two different groups of people. One of them's looking up going, praise God, the end of all things is at hand, the greatest revival ever. God's arising upon us. Right in the midst of darkness, we're going to get, see more people saved. Yeah. Signs, wonders, protection, power, victory, prosperity. But the other group of people, you talk about tribulating. Now, we're going to sense some of these things going on around us, and we're going to feel some stuff, but friend, we are not going to be here for the worst of it. For we are not appointed unto wrath. And we're not in darkness that that day should overtake us as a thief. Now, if you are in darkness, you may be surprised when you wake up and find out that all your Christian buddies are gone. See, Pastor, are all Christians going to go up in the rapture? Even backslidden ones who are living in sin? I'm not sure. I wish I could boldly tell you, yeah, we're all going up because we're born again. I'm not sure. Because there were seven pure virgins that did not make it. I mean, this may sound really weird, okay? But... I have a, I sense in my spirit that there's some backslidden Christians that are not looking for him and they really don't want to go. Mm-hmm. They, they're so accustomed to the world they can't let it go. Wow. And the Lord's going to open the door and they're going to say, but I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Well, if you don't want to go, I guess you don't have to. How terrible it is to get to a place where you don't want to go. Can you get there? This is why the Bible speaks so strongly about guarding your heart and keeping yourself unspotted from the world and keeping yourself separate from sin. And, and, and you know, people need to get a revelation. We live in a fallen world. You're going to have. Church, get this, get this. How many people have succumbed? to pleasure more than suffering for the Lord. It's like, it's like Paul, Paul said, I go through death every day of my life when I feel tugs that there's an easier way and a tug to go this way that I know is not God's will. I die daily. Philippians 1.29 says, we're not only called to believe on the Lord Jesus, we're also called to suffer for His sake. Not sickness, not disease, but in this area of doing His will. Resisting temptation. Oh, come on, guys. Why would we want to give up and say, this is how I was born and, and this, is, this is just who I am. Why stop resisting? Jesus resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You're never going to have to resist as much as Him. He did it for you. Come on, we could do this for Him. It's going to hurt. If you're going to do Christianity right, you're going to die daily to something. 
In other words, you're not going to get your way for the rest of your life if you do this thing right. And you know why a lot of people have turned to alternative lifestyles? Because the church hasn't preached repentance. You can get free through repentance. You can be delivered through repentance. You don't have to resist these desires all your life. You can get victory over some of these things. There will always be other things coming at you from other angles. But you can win. You can win. Do you know why a lot of people are accepting everybody and their funky lifestyles? Do you know why? Because they're so guilty themselves about living in sin. They think if I show these acts of love, I'll feel better. It's a weird thing going on. You don't love somebody more because you not because you agree with their damnable lifestyles. You love somebody to tell them the truth. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Come on, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. That's right. Wow. Let's read some more. <laughs> we got one verse, right? <laughs> Let's read it again. And if we don't get through it all today, we'll come back. One time, a, a guy said. He, he felt really, really led to preach on sin on a Sunday morning. He didn't do that a whole lot. Kind of like, you know, we don't just directly hit it like this today. And he got up there behind the pulpit and he preached the message the Lord told him to preach. It was heavy. It was about, it's time to clean up the church. It's time to say no to things that God doesn't want us involved with. It's time to repent. And he said a bunch of people left his church, never came back. But then he said, not too long after that, more people came in than left because he obeyed the Lord in preaching that sermon. I hope that doesn't happen here, but if it does, we love you. <laughs> All right. So as there are false prophets among the people, even there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even contradicting the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow the pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Peter's talking about people in the last days. Verse 3. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. See, you have to have the Spirit of God to know this stuff's going on. You're being taken advantage of. Whether it be a church or whatever. Um, whose judgment now of a long time lingers not. In other words, it's coming quick. And their damnation slumbers not. In other words, their damnation is awake and coming quick. For, now notice, he's talking to believers. Look at this. If God spared not the angels that sinned. Why would he say this to believers? Why would he say this? A warning. It's a warning. God is still God. He changes not. He's the same as he's always been. God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in the chains of darkness to be reserved unto the judgment. Now that's really interesting to me that all the wicked angels are in chains under darkness until the judgment which hasn't happened yet. Which, which gives, prompts another question in my mind. Where would all these demon spirits come from if they're not the fallen angels? Interesting study there. I personally see hints in the scriptures of a pre-Adamite world. That we do not have to have a bunch of knowledge about to be saved. That's why it's not in there. It doesn't, your salvation doesn't hinge on it. But where did these demon spirits come from? See, to me, this opened my eyes to realize when I'm dealing with demons and demon spirits and other people trying to get them free or even coming against my own life, they're not just figments of our imagination or myths. They're real disembodied spirits from a pre-Adamite world. If there was not a pre-Adamite world, 
then why did God tell Adam and Eve to replantish the earth? Why not just plantish? I'm not saying there was human beings here before Adam, but there was something here before Adam. Plus, a lot of these bones and things that are a lot older than 6,000 years old, there are things you have to look at too. But we don't need to know about that world. That world perished. Right? Do you remember where it said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? Then remember, God is light. And the next verse says, and there is darkness everywhere. Oh, wait a minute. Does God create? He's light. Where did the darkness, where did the flood, where did the chaos come from in verse 2? There was a flood. And it wiped everything out. We don't need to know a lot about that because that doesn't have to do with human beings. That doesn't have to do with our salvation. But there's hints in the scripture of a pre-Adamite world. When Lucifer was still good, ruling over some kind of creatures on the earth. I don't know if that's where dinosaurs come in or what, but he had a traffic thing going. He had merchandise. He was a musician. He was under the clouds. Because he said, I'm going to exalt my throne above the clouds. Anyway, I'm saying all that to say this. (laughs) That... uh, If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And he did not spare the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah unto ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto those after should live ungodly. And he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. See, Lot, he was around this wickedness for so long it got on him even though he didn't agree with it. It said, That righteous man Lot, dwelling among Sodom and Gomorrah, in seeing and hearing, vexed his own righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to receive the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, they despise government. They just have no reverence about talking about leaders. That's a very serious thing in the Lord's eyes. We're not supposed to talk about our leaders in a negative way. If you do, repent and start praying for them like the Bible says. So these, here's some signs of these kind of people even in these last days. Lust, uncleanness, despised government. Presumptuous are they. Self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of leaders and dignities, dignitaries. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Now notice, here's the heaviest verse of all. You ready? Spots they are, and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. These are people in the church. Unless you're feasting with unbelievers all the time. That's one of the most sobering scriptures in this whole second Peter. Ones that are with you in the feasts. Around your company. Friend, there's some people slipping today. 
And if we don't preach this, and if we don't hold on to the convictions that our forefathers had, they're going to slip into perdition. We can't let that happen. What verse are we in? 14. Oh, look at this. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way. So they were in the right way, but now they've forsaken the right way, and they're gone astray. You can't go astray unless you were going right. These people were going right. Guys, do you see this? These people were going right. They were, and you can't go astray if you weren't on the right path. They were on the right path, but now they're going astray. How can that happen? It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. The Lord prophesied it through Paul, through Peter, through Jesus, through John, that these things would increase in the last days. In the last days, evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul said in the last days that there would be people who loved God, but they loved pleasure more than God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. One translation says, they deny the power to help them to get it together and to live right. Well, this is just the way I am. That's denying the power to set you free. The Bible says from those people, turn away from them. Turn away. Didn't say don't love them, but turn away from them because you don't want that getting on you. You know, Jesus said, you may at times have to leave your mommy. Mark 10, 30, you may have to leave your brother. You may have to leave your sister. You may have to leave your father. He even said you may have to leave your wife. Now, we know he's not talking about divorce, but there's some beliefs you may have to go a different direction on than the way your spouse is going if you really want to please the one who died for you. Hmm? Didn't that what he said? He said there's no man that's left house, lands, brothers, sisters, wife, children. For my sake in the Gospels, who will not receive a hundredfold in this time and in the world to come eternal life. One of the hardest things for some of the Hebrew Christians to do was to stand up boldly for Jesus because their families 100% rejected them completely. Disowned them. They were as dead to them. And they were pressured to come back under the law. Take some of the grace, mix it with the law or, or whatever. It wouldn't work for them. Well, finish this up here. Which, which verse are we in? Which have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Boser, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Everybody say loved. Love. This is a love issue, getting away from the Lord. In a not good way. But Balaam was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water. Going back to these people. Wells without water. Clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom in the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in air. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought into bondage. 
For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? What he's talking about, right? People that escaped. Heard about Jesus and got saved. And they are again entangled in the pollutions of this world and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it's happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Go to Jude, just a couple pages to the right. couple pages to the right. Now the thing that I'm excited about, guys, is the Lord would not be sharing this with us if there wasn't hope, right? right? If there wasn't forgiveness, if there wasn't mercy. And you know what? I don't know if anybody in this room needs to hear it, but it needs to be in the atmosphere. (laughs) These words have got to get out there in this church right now. And I don't feel like it was supposed to go out through media. It's supposed to go out through personal contact. Jude. Are you ready now for the book of Jude? It's a very short chapter. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Somebody tell me who's Jude writing to. (laughs) Exactly. Those sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. That's all talking about born-again believers right here. Got that? He's talking to born-again believers. Now why, why say all this if it meant nothing to us? It'd be a waste of Holy Scripture. I don't believe any verse is a waste of Holy Scripture in the Bible. So, verse 2. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That's another reason we are called Faith Heights Church. Because this doesn't happen automatically and there's not a flow. You have to contend for these things when it comes to faith. He said in verse 4, For there are certain men crept in, in where? In the church, unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which is looseness of thought, looseness, no restraint. And denying, in that words, contradicting, that's the exact definition, These people contradict the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you realize that Jesus came to this earth for all of us? His teachings are for everybody. They're specifically to certain groups of people at times, but most of it is for everybody and to everybody. So let's let's don't, let's don't contradict the Lord just to, you know... Make our message look better. Verse 5. So he says, So believer, I'm going to put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. They're set forth for an example, suffering vengeance of eternal fire. Who's set forth in an example? And who is, who, who is the example for? Believers. 
In other words, we cannot get to the place in our studies on grace that we think it's okay to sin and it's not that big deal if we repent. Actually, there's some teachings saying now, out there now, saying you don't even have to repent. And here we have Jesus in the book of Revelation telling Christians to repent. Paul's talking about repenting and getting out of the snare of the devil, believer. How can... See, it, it, if Scripture doesn't line up with other Scripture, spit it out! As far as what it's trying to tell you. And in other words, let me put it this way. If a scripture is trying to tell you something, that is in, that, and you're believing that what it's saying is in a contradiction to all these other scriptures, spit out the devil's interpretation of that scripture. That's, right. That's what I meant to say. Don't spit out the scripture. Spit out the devil's interpretation of that. Because he will try to tell you that this scripture means this, but these other scriptures says it doesn't mean that. Are you following me here? The, Jesus was tempted and the devil came to Jesus with scripture and he had to resist the lies that were surrounding those scriptures, not the scripture. It's the enemy bringing things out of context. That's what I meant to say. So read on here. It says, uh, verse... Eight, likewise also these filthy dreamers, they defile the flesh, they despise dominion, and they speak evil of dignities. There it is again. Another sign of getting messed up is you speak evil of leadership. You don't respect leadership. Very important. Now let's read verse 7 again. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet even Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, Michael dared not bring a railing accusation against the devil, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally. As brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them. Now notice, church. For they have gone in the way of Cain, they've ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for a reward, and they perished in the gainsaying of Cori. These are spots in your feasts. So these aren't worldly people out there beyond the church, guys. They were spots in your feasts. Of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. I think he's talking about feeding on the word here. Going to church and hearing the word, and just no fear of God in them at all. It's all fun and games. If it hurts, it must not be the Lord. Tell that to Paul. Tell that to Peter, who was crucified upside down for the Lord. Tell that to James, who was killed with the sword. Tell it to the martyrs. Tell that to people who did successful things for the Lord, who died daily to certain fleshly temptations and pressures to get off. Spots in your feasts of charity, who feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds there are without water, carried about of winds, whose fruit withers without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Okay, I've got to say this before going go any farther. I do get a little passionate about this, but I don't want you to think I'm, I'm preaching something that I think y'all need corrected. And I, I'm just saying an attitude needs to come into the church. Okay, I don't want to know all your dirty laundry. I don't want to know anything that you're involved with. I mean, if the Lord wants me to, I will. And I only be, want to restore you. I'm not going to condemn you. But I, I primarily think we need to address this 
See, it's one thing to struggle and to fall and to struggle and to fall and to stand up and struggle and fall and hate every time you fail. That's one thing. I'm not really addressing that, although I hope this brings a greater seriousness and power to help you live right. I'm talking about people who are saying it's okay to live with somebody you're not married to and they call themselves believers. I'm talking about people that are drinking when they know in their heart it's something they shouldn't be doing. I was reading about a church in California right now. In California. They've opened up a brewery. They're serving beers before church service. They say the more beers they drink, the better the services are. This is a guy. He thinks he's a total called pastor. Maybe he is, but boy, is he off. And, and he said in his article, Jesus drank wine. And right when he said that, the Holy Ghost said, No, he did not. And I went to the Bible. And I searched scriptures. Because when you hear the word wine, you think alcoholic drink. Jesus said, I won't drink of the fruit of the vine until I'm with you in the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah? The wine is in the cluster. Well, there's no alcohol in the cluster. So when you're talking about wine, you better be sure that you're not just using scripture so you can, you know, get tipsy and slip in the lust or whatever. No, as a matter of fact, they offered Jesus wine and he refused it. Mark 15. And it didn't say Jesus drank wine. It says they said he was a gluttonous man and a wine bibber. Well, if you're saying he drank wine, you guys say he's a glutton too. And it wasn't him that said it. They said, oh, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber. That's not Jesus saying, I drink wine. That's them saying he did. They lied about him like they lie about anybody they hate today. So disturbing to see people lie about the President of the United States. there, There is witchcraft. There is spiritual forces arrayed against our president. And if he goes down, it will be the church's fault and we will stand before the Lord and have to answer for why we didn't pray and criticize instead. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you right now, I'm giving you a little bit of a warning and a forecast of what's coming. You can be ready or you can be not ready for that day. I have no idea, guys. I have no idea how people can be so busy. That they can't make Wednesday night prayer meeting. I don't understand that. Carl and I have been going to Wednesday night prayer meetings, and you may say, well, hey, you're the pastor or whatever. No, it's not that. It's not that. I don't have to go to Wednesday night. I got plenty of people to take Wednesday night prayer. Hmm. Kenneth Hagin said he saw in a vision three ugly black like frog creatures coming out of the Atlantic Ocean and landing on this country and spreading and causing crazy, perverted, awful things to happen in these end times. He said the only way those things can be stopped, those evil spirits can be stopped, is if the church prays like it's supposed to. And if they don't, it's not going to be good. He said some people will laugh when you tell them I appeared to you, son. Brother Hagin is. Some people will laugh when you tell them this. But he said they will not laugh when they stand before me. And I asked him, what were you doing when you should have been praying? Okay, I need to slow down here a little bit and say it again. I love you guys so much. I'm serious. I'm not preaching to you right now. I'm trying to release something in the atmosphere so we can take it and do with it what we're supposed to. Please don't think I'm... But I, I am saying this, guys. You, you can't... Uh, 
Carla put a text on Facebook a couple of weeks ago on fornication. And when I read that, I thought, ooh, that's going to spark some interesting things in the church. But there is a cure for all this, and I'm going to talk about that in the last couple of minutes. Let's finish this, and then we'll close. Okay? You guys doing all right? So in verse 12, these are spots in your feast of charity. They feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds there are without water, carried about of winds, whose fruit withers, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Waging, raging waves of the sea, they are, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves. Ooh, it's not good to separate where you're supposed to. You know, you know what? Interesting, huh? Just like the devil left. His first habitation. Didn't want to stay submitted to the Lord. Wanted to be his own God. That same trait is seen in people who yield to that same person. They separate themselves. It's very dangerous to separate yourself. Are you listening? You, you want to stay with your own company. Where am I at? 19? These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But here's the answer. You ready, church? Here it is. Oh, glory to God. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do you stay above all this stuff in the last days? How do you stay out of the deception mode? Because see, deceiving means you don't know you're deceived. A lot of people are deceived and they don't know they're deceived. They think they are totally in truth. And they're not. It feels good, it looks good, it smells right, it seems right, but it ain't right. It's deception. Here's how you can tell if it's not right. Don't check your feelings. Don't check what others are doing. Don't check what three quarters of the church is doing. Check what Jesus said. If Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, then we go, "Uh uh-uh. In front of three quarters of the church that says, "Uh uh uh-uh, uh-uh, not me. But we love each other. "Uh Uh-uh, not me. If you really loved each other, you'd get out of the same house until you're married. You lust each other. You're infatuated with each other. You like each other. You like what each other does for you. But you don't love. You don't agape each other if you're in a situation you know is not the Lord's will for your life. Because if you really loved them, you wouldn't be encouraging them to sin with you. But I love them. On the contrary... You're doing the opposite if you're doing something you know the Lord doesn't want you to do and dragging somebody else into it with you. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Just for time's sake, you can read the rest of the book of Jude later. Go to a couple scriptures and we'll close. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. You guys doing okay? 1 John 3, 6. 
What does it say, guys? Look up on the screen. What does it say? John the Beloved said to believers, whoever abides in Jesus sins not. Whoever sins, and that word sins means practices sin, accept it as something that's okay, not resisting anymore. Whoever commits sin or practices sin, what's the problem? They don't know Him. Practicing sin is saying, this ain't wrong. But the Bible said it is. I don't care. We're, we're a new generation. We're, it's, you know, it's, it's modern Christianity, Pastor. I, I know Jesus said it, but that's old-fashioned. What are you doing? You don't know the Lord. Admit it. You can't fix the problem if you don't admit the problem. Come, what's the problem in this verse? The sin? Uh-uh. The not knowing the Lord. He that continues to sin when they know better, they have not seen Jesus, and they do not know Him. They may have heard about Him, they may have gone to church, they may have been in feasts with you, but they are not saying amen in their heart to what they're hearing. Guys, I think we need to be cautious too about having altar calls and saying all you got to do is say Jesus is Lord and you're saved and you can go back to your fornication, you can go back to your drinking, you can go back to your loose living. I think we need to preach a little bit more on repentance saying, listen, 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 listen. Being born again means you turn from everything else. You turn to the Lord. You give Him your all. You admit certain things are wrong that He says is wrong. You jump out. You get out. You do your best. You fall. You get back up. You repent. You go on. If you have to repent 20 times a day for the same stupid thing, don't give in to it and say, Oh, well, it's just me. I'm just so tired of resisting. Jesus resisted unto blood for you. You'll never get to that point. You just say, No, it's going to hurt. It's like cutting your hand off. Looking your eye out. But that pain is nothing compared to what's around the corner if you don't get it right. right. You wish you would have plugged both of your eyes out as to head to where you're going without, you know, doing what the Lord told you to do. We're not saved by good works. We're saved by grace through faith. But friend, all these scriptures were written to people who were saved by grace. Right. Look at another scripture. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 3 and 4. 1 John 2, 3 and 4. Hereby we do know that we know Him. How do we know if we know the Lord? We keep His commandments. Plural. Next verse. He that says, I know Him. I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I know Jesus. Do you really? Uh Uh-huh. Don't tell me. Show me. And keeps not His commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. The Bible says, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. Interesting how he puts puts, uh, awaking to righteousness and getting out of sin in the connection with knowing God. Oh friend, how important is it to know the Lord? Let Let me just say this. Jesus said, quote, John 17, 3, This is eternal life. What? Living forever in heaven? Uh, streets of gold? No, he said, this is eternal life. Father, that they might know you and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What is eternal life, church? It's a relationship. It's not a place. It's not just existing forever. Sinners are going to exist forever in a place they wish they weren't in. Eternal life is not existing forever. Eternal life is not a place. Eternal life is a relationship. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they might know you, Father. In Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's what it is. First, now look at this, 1 Thessalonians 4. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 5. And this might where you want to put on some of your seatbelts. We want you falling out of the chair here. 
unless it's falling on to the Lord. So, now notice, this is the will of God. Everybody say the will of God. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Well, is it the will of God that we abstain from sex outside of marriage? Is that the will of God? Is it the will of God? Paul gets even stronger. You know, the preacher on grace gets even stronger. You know what he said? He said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you accept these lifestyles as okay. Talking to believers. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Who said that? The guy who got the greatest revelation on grace in the New Testament. He says, you won't inherit the kingdom of God if you practice these things and say they're not, they're not wrong when God says they are wrong. That's different than falling and getting up, falling and getting up. A good man falls seven times, right? But the wicked fall into these things and say, um, this is just who I am. You've got to get out of that. You gotta, and you've got to watch out about having deep fellowship with people like that. That's not a violation of love to stay away from some people. It's a violation of love to not stay away from them. You've got to do what the Lord told you to do. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You get around a, a black pipe that has all kinds of black soot on it in the fireplace, it'll get on you whether you want it to or not. Right. So notice this. What's the will of God? We abstain from fornication. Okay, look quick, guys. Next verse. That every one of you should know how to possess his own body in sanctification and honor. Keep going. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles are involved in all this fornication because they don't know God. They don't know God. John 16, 1 through 3, Jesus said, they're going to persecute you because they don't know my Father. People are going to come against you because they don't know me. They're going to even put some of you to death because they don't know me. And they don't know my Father. Mm-hmm. Titus 1.6 I'm at the very bottom of my notes. Look here. Titus 1.6 See, I'm right there, guys. Titus 1.6 one, six. Notice this. If any... No, is that Titus? What? That's not it. Okay, verse 16. Titus 1.16 These people profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. Being abominable and disobedient unto every good work. Reprobate. Okay, church, so I'm going to say this in closing. You ready? We need to shape up. Don't worry about the past. That's gone. If you repent it, it's under the blood. Don't let the devil bring it up. But it's time to move forward in these end times with some of these things in our hearts and in our minds and in our loving lifestyles. Because if we don't, there are some people that are going to drift into perdition. I I, I pray that none of us here gets even close to that. But we have got to wake up. We've got to shake ourselves and realize... It's not just about saying, I love the Lord. It's not just about saying, I know God. It's about, it's about works. It's about resisting. Oh, did I already quote Philippians 1.29? We're called to believe on the Lord Jesus, but we're also called to suffer for His sake. Some of these things are not comfortable on the flesh, but you can be so happy doing it because you love the Lord. Jacob worked seven years for Rachel and it was like a few days because of his great love for her. Work for God could turn into such a joy and go by so quick because of your great love for him. Now, if you don't love the Lord, it's going to be mundane and a drag and, oh, I worked, I got to work, I'm not work. Don't love the Lord. So here it is. You ready, church? You ready? Be still 
and know that He is God. I heard the Lord say this to me last night, late last night. It's time for some people to cut off Facebook forever. Is it going to hurt? Yeah, it's probably going to hurt as much as if you cut your hand off. Jesus wasn't saying literally cut your hand off. He was saying it's going to hurt that bad. But compared to what's around the corner, peace if you don't cut it off. Some people, we need to have a trashing of movie day where we bring all our stupid movies to church that you know are not fit for you and your pure heart. And we need to do what they did in the book of Acts and burn it. But I could sell it. Well, what they brought was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. They didn't care about the money. They didn't want that junk in other people's hands. I remember when I got rid of a lot of my records, you know, my, the, the ACDC records and the Judas Priest and, and all this other stuff. When I got rid of them, I, did, I could have went down to, everybody remember Mazookas and budget tapes and records? Remember a long time ago? And I could have went down there and sold it all. I didn't want that in somebody else's hands. So I just took the loss and God did better. I had a guy one time call me up and say he had all this paraphernalia, all these records and knives and chains and all this stuff. We went and dumped it all in the river. <laughs> Plop. He wanted to get his life right. He was doing everything he knew to do. There's some things we need to cut off. Amen? If you've got any old boyfriends or girlfriends you're talking with on Facebook, that immediately needs to be cut off. It's not the will of God. And I didn't read everything to you today. There's some admonitions that will, that will shape you up pretty quick. But the reason we need to do this is because we are the end time church. This is who God has to work through in this valley. And we need to be vessels of honor. And we're honorable by His blood. We're honorable because we can repent. We're honorable because we can receive forgiveness. But you also got to live right too. Let's stand up.